Come in, damn it. You're sure a punctual bastard. Welcome to the podcast at Orgy Castle. Sit back, darling, and enjoy with your hosts, Derek and Paula. <laughs> What's that face for? Oh, my God. Talk about getting shot out the end of a shotgun. What? Oh, my gosh. We, we've been too tame for a while. <laughs> been really too tame for a while. This was that was intense. This was filthy. It was dirty. <laughs> so, it was so dirty. So fucking filthy. Ah, uh, it was. I mean, there were no daikon radishes in them as her piss scenes, yet it still managed to be fucking filthy. Oh my god, Paula. I'm uh, I am I, I'm at a loss for are, words. Are you okay, D? Are you all right? Would you would you like to introduce this episode? Because I have no idea how to even start this. Well, it was kind of like School of the Holy Beast meets Flower and Snake. <laughs> it was Oni Rokudan, who is, you know, the preeminent Japanese BDSM bondage tie up the chick's author. And this is one of his stories. And I I think it uh, lived up to the Oni Rokudan reputation. I mean, fucking hell. It was pretty. It was a oh. pretty movie. It would like, I mean, started out with those red roses. Holy shit. A throwback to School of the Holy Beast? Yeah. Holy shit, listeners. This week, as you can, <laughs> you can tell. Derek threw up a few mushroom cloud gifts on this one. Oh, my God. This week, folks, we went back to the Japanese BDSM. Uh, you can see the title, Catholic Nuns and Rope Hell. And uh, we had acknowledged last week on the podcast that we had this movie it's been on the back burner ever since that last one we watched, Female Teacher and Ropel, and that we did not have English subtitles for no, this. So no, no subtitles. The gauntlet was thrown down to the Patreons to come help us try and sort out what this movie was. Now, I, I had faith that we would be able to kind of like disseminate what the plot of this movie actually was. Boy, was I fucking wrong. Yeah, no, no fucking clue what was going on. None. None. From what I could gather. Oh, please tell me because I am lost without a roadmap. Humor me on this. Uh, humor away. As you had said, this is a kind of a mixture of flower and snake meets school of the holy beast. And I am going to take bits of the plots from both of those movies and kind of mash them together. The story okay. centers around a lady named Mary. Something happened to her in the past. I don't know if she necessarily was part of a bondage ring and then escaped that ring, went to a convent to hide out her boyfriend, Bob, who we're calling Bob. We have no idea what his name <laughs> actually was. We're, we can thank Mary for that. Mary, yeah. was one of our patrons, Mary, labeled him, donned him Bob. Her and Bob were caught by some lady uh, version of Dario Argento that slit her wrist and blood geysered all over a room <laughs> while they were in mid-sex. So she escaped and went to a convent, and he spent all his waking hours trying to find her and in turn unleashed the bondage ring that they were part of 
on them both, and they the bondage rig caught them. They were posing as. Where did Papa come in? I don't know. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm guess uh, listeners. I am just rambling nonsensical statements together because I have no idea what the fuck happened in this movie. There was a lot of people tied up in nun habits. There was one point where there was two women that had huge candles shoved up their ass. (laughs) Um, There was a lady that had a, had a vibrating egg shoved in her vagina with a chastity belt on where a guy was, (laughs) <laughs> with a remote control triggering her. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Paula, I what? I wasn't ready for for the amount of nonsense in this movie. Well, I mean, like, did you even make sense of what this was? No, and what's funny is it's I, I mean, there was a bit of dialogue, so I want to say it's not cuz there wasn't dialogue because the vast majority of this film was dialogue free. It's silent. It was, yeah, well, not silent. <laughs> well, it was whimpering, a lot of whimpering. There, there was there was a lot of whimpering and buzzing. But, I mean, I would say probably out of, how long was this movie? An hour and six minutes. An hour and six minutes. I would say out of that, probably six minutes were dialogue. And we had no idea what was going on, although basically the dialogue looked like it was welcoming her to the convent because there was the mother superior who was in bed when she was brought in. And so it was welcoming to the convent. And then there was a bit more dialogue, but there just wasn't a whole lot. And most of it was just sex scenes. Obviously, that dialogue meant a hell of a lot because just the visuals alone definitely didn't give us a single fucking idea as to what was going on in this movie. Well, the girl, yeah, I wasn't really quite sure at the very beginning whenever the girl comes to the convent after we, you know, because the opening scene was amazing. It opens on a chick totally tied up, upside down. Yeah, totally tied up, upside down. And then they go on to a a bouquet of red roses. So I'm like, school the holy beast. School the holy beast, yes. (laughs) And they have a a, a completely wordless, dialogueless opening scene where this very, very beautiful young woman with amazing tiny little titties is getting beaten with, with the roses. After being honeyed, there's After, honey rubbed all there, over. There, there's honey in more than one scene in this. So she has honey rubbed all over and gets beaten with the roses. And then all of a sudden, the dude who was doing it is gone. Was that Bob? I, ugh, anyway. Yes. Okay, okay so, so that was Bob. Work, yeah, let's definitely work through this. Because I think you and I need to work through this to even make sense of what we just uh, Yeah, because I didn't. There wasn't much sense. Was that a. a do you think that was a flashback sequence? Uh, what I'm thinking is that was her, like, she did that on the last stop on the way to the nunnery. That's That that was what I got out of it, was she did this, and then the next thing we do is we see her in her cute little outfit with her little black ribbon on her thing walking to the nunnery. So what I got out of that was that was the last thing she did before she went and dedicated herself to the Lord, right? So that's that's pretty much what I got out of that. But I could be completely wrong because, like Mary said, or was it Angelique, that this is, you know, how Sue with porn. And uh, where were the cats and the, yeah, but and the um, fingers, yes. And <laughs> well, there were some in a lovely lesbian scene at the very beginning with two nuns, but yeah, no, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was, um, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> the first half hour of this movie was actually fluffy and sexy in a way that kind oh, of the felicity first, was. The first half hour of this movie was crazy sexy because they had that 
they had the 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 roses scene which was you know in the left all of a sudden she's alone in the room and masturbating and like i said then she's walking to the nunnery with her little white outfit and her bow and then getting introduced into the nunnery and then there's all there's a sick nun that's hanging out but so happy that she's there the entire time in a subplot that means nothing yeah yeah (laughs) and then we see her masturbate which she goes take a shower and then we see two other nuns Rubbing all up and down on each other, face smashing again. Yeah, but that masturbation scene was like a good three minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they kept going back to making you think, is this a dream or is it not a dream? Is it a dream or is it not a dream? Because she keeps waking up with rope burns and, and whatnot, but in the, the blood geyser you were talking about. But that masturbation scene was hot. Well, that's where it kept getting so confusing and where the, you know, 20 lines of dialogue in this entire movie must have been so goddamn vital to what we were watching because halfway through this movie, all of a sudden, Japanese Papa from Ghost shows up. Yeah, like she has a conversation with the mother superior. The next thing you know, she's in a car with the chauffeur and the other nun, and they're just driving the movie turns big time i mean we get glimpses of it in the first half where you know she's enjoying her time at the nunnery Mm -hmm. mostly most of that enjoyment is self-pleasure and watching other women kind of pleasure each other bob shows up and obviously they don't want anything to do with bob they're like get the fuck out of here dude but he keeps coming back in and he brings in papa from ghost so Bob and brought in Papa from Ghost. I'm guessing that's what that's what I got out of it because uh-huh. right after he shows up, all of a sudden these twisted evil people show up. Yeah, those guys. capture them, and then the movie turns into Flower and Snake, where these two, where Bob and Mary, are basically humiliated and tortured for the rest of the movie. Yeah, Bob gets Bob gets crucified. He's got abs. Bob has abs. Somebody needs to get him a fucking ham sandwich. That that dude's got <laughs> nothing on him. It was 1984. Everybody was skinny, pretty much. I, I guess. I guess there were no fat people in Japan. Well, especially the Japanese. But again, like we said, there was not a whole lot of dialogue. And the dialogue that happened, we missed. And a lot of it looked inconsequential. But apparently we missed a whole lot because, like I said, I'm not really sure on exactly how. I mean, she was riding her bike down the hill all happy with the other nun. And then they get separated. And then all of a sudden the hooligans like from that fucking Emmanuel in confessible orgies movie. I'll just come out of nowhere and start harassing her. And basically we go from having these really gorgeous little lesbian sex scenes to rape. The obligatory Japanese gang rape scene. The, the, the obligatory gang rape scene. And then nuns, the, the that one nun was not subjugated like the other. So the one nun that was, was she the sick nun that you were talking about? I don't know. I think she was part of the gang. I think really think there was a bunch of people that were trying to find Mary and Bob because they figured there was some kind of triangle going on where Mary in the first half of the movie kept having these dreams slash visions of this red room and a knife. And yeah, then the Dario Argento thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Dario Argento scenes that were just intercut into this movie until we finally see this full scene of her and Bob 
in the red room fucking very unconvincingly another leg fuck scene and <laughs> i was this woman barges in we don't know if it's her mom or if it's his maybe bob's married to somebody else and he she's the mistress and she slits her own wrist and there's just a blood geyser that goes all over the place so what i gathered and this is what i'm just supposing and i'm sure this is great podcasting here we are <laughs> literally have no clue what's going on and we're talking our way through a movie yeah that there were people that were associated with that woman that killed herself were trying to find those two in order to end their lives, torture them and end them. So I, I figured that uh, Papa, uh, the uh, Japanese Papa, and the one nun had infiltrated this nunnery and acted like they were actual ranking members of the church to get to Mary because they hmm. knew she was there. Okay. That's what I thought that was going on. So they capture Mary and they capture Bob and basically sexually torture them for the rest of the movie. There's a point where all of a sudden it becomes full on flower and snake one where people are tied and hanging from rafters and there's all sorts of whipping and all sorts. Exactly what we come to expect from Oneruku Don. At that point, the movie is like, okay, I can finally settle back down into this is just going to be absurdville and people are going to get tortured and it's going to be slightly sexy. There's no more dudes randomly pissing. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no more, no more anima scenes. So we're not, and we didn't. That was, that, I mean, you, you predicted there's going to be anima shave, anima dildo, and there wasn't. So this was different from that in that. In those conventions, it definitely was because there was no shaving scene, there was no dildo scene. Uh, but but <clears throat> but 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 okay, so there was no dildo scene, but there was a vibrator, remote control vibrator that she was forced to have to take. And she's exp- you know, there's a whole scene where he's a voyeur, the guy that kidnaps her is a voyeur, yeah, and watches her in another room. While she has this chastity belt on with the egg, the gyrating egg inside of her vagina. So, so, so that's like Echo's uh, female teacher in Ropel. Exactly. So oh. he is controlling her and letting her escape to an extent. Because I, like, I, I firmly believe that that wasn't like she didn't surprise them by escaping. I think that was part of the torture was that she was allowed to think she could escape and he could just sit back and trigger that gyrating egg as she got into social situations when she threw the plant into the into the uh door the glass door right 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 and then he turned the chastity belt back on because that's pretty much i mean there were a lot of scenes of her writhing orgasmically with that chastity belt i wonder if (laughs) at least i thought it was funny were these supposed to be comedic scenes I don't know. They should have put up what you need to do for the Patreons is take them and dub in yakety sacks and just (laughs) just see how it works. You know, that whole scene, that's what was so weird about the first rape scene was that yet again, I mean, she gets set on pawn when she's driving her little bicycle. She gets separated from her nun friend and riding her little bicycle down the hill and gets separated. And all of a sudden these three, you know, Zach, Chad, and fucking Brent. And Guitar Wolf. Guitar Wolf shows and, up and in Guitar this movie. Wolf, Chad, and Brent show up. And 
that that whole scene, it goes from being like, oh, this is cute. And it was kind of sexy. And then all of a sudden they're chasing her down a hill. And again, it was like, are you going to play Yaggedy Sax and show this? It was like all these greasers from not Grease 1, but Grease 2 showed up. And just it got goofy and then it got ugly. So it's kind of that weird tone thing, I guess, that happens sometimes in these films. It goes from, and I remember seeing that in other Japanese films, some of the things that they consider hilarious to me are like, you know. Well, there was that one scene in School of the Holy Beast where all of a sudden it broke into like slight slapstick. Mm-hmm. Where those two, remember those two dudes that infiltrate yeah, the, the nunnery? Yeah, the guys that infiltrate the nunnery and are trying to get everybody, yeah, to get them out. Yeah, exactly. It's just all of a sudden it breaks from the tone of the film. And this started out as a very, very sexy kind of like, okay, we're going to have topless nuns whipping each other. Yes. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> well, I was, it was a standing ovation first 15 oh, minutes oh, of this oh, movie. God. I was declaring it a five Jackalman winning all the golden Tonys winning all the oh, awards. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was, it was great. And then just Franco popped in looking through the window and that was kind of disconcerting. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. We're going to have a voyeur because the, the, the masturbating nun goes and, Oh God, was she making out with herself in the mirror? And yes. Oh my yeah. God. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, they get her they get her settled into her cell. And the next thing you know, she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's still got a little wimple on and you know, part of the habit, but she's touching her boobs and she starts making out with herself in the mirror. And you're like, all right, you know, that's cool, whatever. It's a lot to sort out. It is. It it is, but it was it was good. I mean, the first 15 minutes were fucking amazing. And they go from that to her um, oh, she goes and she she takes off her clothes and she goes to the shower and she's getting followed through by the voyeur outside the window. And so it, all of a sudden it goes from, you know, you're, it was beautifully shot and it goes from the steady cam thing of her in the mirror, making out with herself to it pulls back and you get this shaky thing going on. And then like two minutes later it ends and you never see it again. And we were like, Hey, he just Franco showed up, you know, we're looking at the voyeur out the window. So that kind of dropped off there. That, that was, I, don't know, I think were- the middle section of this movie, there's a, it goes in like 20 minute phases. I think this movie, the di- the different acts of this movie and the middle act is the one that almost lost me from yeah. the movie. Well, it just all of a sudden became kind of angry and yeah. ugly. Yeah. And I really wasn't digging it as much as the first opening act that was really sexy, really kind of fun, kind of played with tone in weird ways where we didn't expect because it was, is this a dream? Is this not a dream? Right. What? It, where is the real timeline here? So it was kind of fun. But then once Papa shows up yeah. and it just gets that kind of flower and snake two and three kind of ugly misogynistic yeah. rapey. Yeah, men forcing themselves on women and women taking it basically. There's yeah. that, yeah, there's that one dude that basically forces a blow job and comes within five seconds. <laughs> You gave him five. You are maybe. Generous. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm being yeah. optimistic about mm-hmm. you know the duration of time there. But uh, but then the last act of the movie kicks it right into rope magic territory of yeah. Absurdville. Yeah, it wasn't as much rope hell as say female teacher. No, it, it, no, it wasn't because whenever he brings her down into rope hell, she's in rope hell, and this didn't have quite the immersion. That that no, it definitely and it definitely didn't really fetishize the bondage as much as the other mm-hmm. movie. It felt more in line with the flower and snake stuff, where it was more concerned with the kind of ugliness than yeah. it was really with kind of the voyeuristic humiliation and the the bondage that 
the first Ropel movie definitely was concerned with. Yeah. There was no methodology to what was going on. This was these two people had done this this other group of people wrong and they were going to get humiliated and tortured and then killed. I think that was the ultimate end game for all these people was being killed. But instead, the two Bob and Mary escape due to a good Samaritan, the the nun that uh, was in the bad guy side. Let them go for some unknown reason. The bad guys get in the car, chase after them down the road. And then the good nun or the good Samaritan nun strangles Papa as he's driving. They go off a cliff and in classic 70s exploitation fashion, the fucking car explodes. It doesn't touch a goddamn thing. It stops at the bottom of the cliff. It doesn't even bang in anything. And the motherfucker gloriously explodes. Yeah. Fiend. Fiend. <laughs> movie, it, it's this movie starts off so strong and so goddamn strong. Mm-hmm. It's too bad that middle section is, is oh, a little too ugly there. That that masturbation scene with her in the granny panties that was hot. <laughs> I guess it I was it that way. Oh no, that was hot. That was hot. And besides the weird kissing in the lesbian scene, the lesbian scene was hot. But there was, I mean, why? Okay, pet peeve. What is so difficult about kissing? It's really hard in movies, I guess. Okay. okay. Could it be that it just when you block real kissing, faces are kind of mashed up together in a way that isn't you you can't visibly see the other person's face? I don't know what it is. I I, is I, it, I, I guess it's just it's just not it's not sexy. I, 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 there are very few movies I've seen where people are kissing where it's actually like, okay, yeah, that looks good. You know? Well, that there's a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what kissing's supposed to be. Kissing's very connective. And so these, you know, you see them like both of them, their mouths are open and their tongues are slightly sticking out and they're almost meeting. No, they're not even close. It's like, that just looks frustrating. <laughs> Stick your fucking tongue in my mouth. I mean, mm. oh my God. Yeah. Yep. It's it, now, but then, but then they go to everything else and it's like, okay, that looks you know that, that, that looks good, but male male female kissing, female female kissing in this movie just not not up to snuff. It just well, didn't it didn't do it. I think it also is tied to the fact that all these Japanese smut movies are so restricted in what they can show. They go really far, but unlike American snuff films, there's no penetrative sex that can happen. There's no genitalia that can be shown. Okay, I love how they got around that with whatever the fuck that pancake batter wallpaper paste shit was. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's establish <laughs> the scene because in the rabbit room, Mary and I had almost came to blows on this situation. <laughs> I almost had to immediately consider this a Zero Jackalman movie due to the development of what went down. So go ahead, set up the scene, Paula. Okay, we've got our nun, Sister Maria, all kinds of tied up and being abused by <clears throat> these various men, with um, including the one who all of a sudden showed up two-thirds of the way in the film in a brown robe, and I guess he's a major player. So there you go. He was the one with the remote control for the chastity belt. And they just basically, she's all tied up, basically on a slab, and they're pulling out what looks like wallpaper paste or a pancake batter and smearing it all over her body, including her genitalia and her pubic region, which you're not supposed to show. 
in Japanese erotica at that point. And so they got past the not showing that by smearing it with all this white paste. And then they show this dude just going down into her pussy and coming up with this like face full of pancake batter or what was it that was skeeving you out so bad? Mayonnaise? If it was mayonnaise, this gets a zero Jackman movie <laughs> out of pure principle. That grossed me out so much because it's total. it totally looks like it. You don't know what it is. It Who knows crazy, what that fucking it, shit is? It's weird to me how white you are and you're from Wisconsin and you weirded out my mayo. I fucking hate mayo. <laughs> I thought you guys shot that shit up along with cheese skirts. That shit is gross. <laughs> Fuck mayonnaise. We lose listeners because I say fuck mayonnaise. Fuck you. Everybody, please send Derek gallon jars of mayonnaise. Never send me mayonnaise. Send him all the mayonnaise. I'll end up on top of the, the post office with the rifle. Do it. <laughs> send, do it, it. send Eric all the mayo. It, it literally almost ruined this movie for me. That that it, 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 see, it didn't look like mayo to me. It didn't have the right consistency. It looked like some kind of wallpaper paste, or it had it, to be some sort of batter, like maybe flour and yeah, water it definitely, definitely looked like a flour based egg based batter. That's what it looked like, and it's just smacking it around her. But that's how they got around the not showing the genitalia thing was by slathering her pubic area with not mayonnaise. Well, not only that. I do not understand why these movies, these Japanese smut movies, need to constantly act like we see them giving blowjobs when it's obvious they're not getting blowjobs whatsoever. Yeah. Yet they keep showing them. Yeah. So, I mean, kissing and blowjobs and any sort of oral pleasures in these movies uh they i don't know they're fixated on them but they can't show them so they're kind of those sequences kind of go dead they do pretty quick there were parts of it i really enjoyed and parts of it that i could have done without and if i'd understood what was going on i really don't think it would have enhanced or detracted from anything that i experienced because <laughs> there were literally six minutes of dialogue in this hour and six minute long movie the whimpering yes was all right, was all right. Yeah, and the, the the gal who played Sister Maria could writhe on the floor like nothing I've ever seen. Her ability to approximate orgasm was like beyond when Harry met Sally. She could give <laughs> Ryan a few fucking tips on, oh my god, let me convince you that I'm writhing in ecstasy when I'm actually not. <laughs> but that that was good. The um the blasphemy quotient was high, especially with Bob Christ on the cross. That was awesome. Yeah. And the fact that they were torturing a man too, that was interesting. I liked it. I'm kind of weirded out and grossed out by the fact that the first part started out and it was like, oh, is this guy there's gonna be some topless logging? Oh hey, hey. And then there was the masturbation scene and then the lesbian scene, and there was kind of a lesbian scene later on with the them with the glasses where she got busted by um the guy with the remote. Um, but for the most part, when it turned to really clumsy hetero pawing and the hetero torture, it didn't grab me as much as it had. I liked some of the shibari that was done. I liked seeing her suspended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were and, some of the best scenes. Yeah, there, there were there were some really beautiful shibari scenes, but they honestly came out of nowhere. That's why like when I posted that, you know, Anchorman, that escalated quickly because she was 
just kind of like down here doing nothing. Then all of a sudden she's all like, you know, tied up and suspended in midair. And it's like, okay, but it, it, it was fun. And I've missed watching Japanese rope bondage movies. And this one had a lovely surrealist element to it. And the women in it were beautiful. Overall, I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I just wish it had been more nunny, lesbian-y, unless whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, the, the whole nun angle, I think, was just kind of tossed in there to jump into the nunsploitation realm. You know, yeah. to, to try and appeal to a certain demographic. But because... they they did use it well because they kind of left like their, what was that, what's that Joe Cocker song from Nine and a Half Weeks, You Can Leave Your Hat On? And this one, they left their wimples on. And that was pretty, that was pretty fucking hot because they would have them like buck fucking naked except for like the wimple and the headgear. And that was pretty sexy. I would agree. I in, would totally in, agree. In my humble opinion. <laughs> so let's get to the Jack right. on this movie. So what are you going to ultimately <clears throat> give this thing? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Hmm. I think it was beautiful. And I think it had some really seriously sexy scenes in it. But again, those six minutes of dialogue for me kind of crippled the whole film because I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I wasn't quite sure why all of a sudden Papa showed up and took them somewhere and then took them back. And so there were some there were some things that that didn't quite make sense to me. But that masturbation scene at the beginning and the roses and the nuns in the shower definitely are three and a half jackal moments for this gal. I, I think I'm going to agree with you completely. Three and a half Jackalmans uh, is a very adequate amount for this movie. It's I I hate to say that this is fun because <laughs> there were sequences in this movie that actually were really fun. The women are all beautiful, as you had said. Mm, There's enough are. weirdness in this movie and what the fuck factor that that gets a Jackalman alone. One whole Jackalman goes to the shibari sequence at the end with the two women that have candles that are taller than them shoved up their asses. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we should elaborate on that. It is. <laughs> I know. And those candles are like two and a half, three feet long. And they're all like back like this and just, yeah, being human, human candlesticks. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is flabbergasting. And they, and they don't and they don't move. They don't move. They're just that, so calm. That, that guy takes the candle out of that one woman's ass and she doesn't move. That was impressive. Oh my god, that scene alone That's, warrants yeah. at least two Jacklemans. It's so dirty. It's so I've known people who liked being human furniture, including being human ashtrays. And so that's not a far stretch for me. And the fact that those women performed it i mean they're in like basically plow pose yoga pose mm -hmm. with, with with these like two and a half inch tapers lit up their butts and then they go into a, a candle wax scene yeah that was one of the, the that was another like throwback to a female teacher in rope hell at the very end oh god i wish they just set this shit on fire well again. that's what i was expecting i was oh, half expecting that to happen god i would really wish they would have set this shit on fire that was a great ending to female teacher if they'd set this shit on fire at the end of this this would have been a five jack oh but paula mm -hmm. the explosion of the car alone <laughs> It's worth it. Again, this movie delivers. It, the Rope Hell movies deliver with the ending. So they, three they and do. a half, three they and do. a half Jackalmans alone. There okay. were fiery deaths. I agree. Yep. So 
car explosion, butthole candelabras. Hot lesbian nuns. Yeah, so those are the three Jacqueline's and half Jacqueline because it's only an hour long. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, solid. We didn't, really, we didn't really know what was going on the whole time. I would say this is a recommend. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. It's absolutely a recommend, especially to Seth. Awesome. Just, just saying. Seth, watch this movie. Just call say me, it. Call me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a break. Listen to Angelique Bone talk Woo! and talk to more Bigfoot Bone! dick, I'm sure. Hell yeah. Seeing how that's all we hear about is Bigfoot dick lately. <laughs> so and cue Angelique. And welcome back to Book Club at Orgy Castle. I'm your host, Angelique. And tonight we have a first. <sighs> I didn't like this one. And it's a shame because, you know, I kind of like this Bigfoot thing. You know, it's an exploration into cryptids. Um, so tonight we're talking about Bigfoot depravity, strong uncut version by Robin North, and you can't really make out the cover, but it's trees and uh, simple yellow writing. But this one was really yucky, you guys. It wasn't fun. It was gross. We open on a cage full of businessmen, and the safari guy goes into the forest and brings out a woman who's been kidnapped, apparently. And he shackles her to a table. And then they wait. And then a Bigfoot comes and uh, just destroys this woman. And while he's doing that, the businessmen are all jerking off. And when the Bigfoot comes, all the businessmen come. And it's really descriptive. You know how I've said in the books that we've covered about uh, Bigfoot, where, you know, the women are captivated by the Bigfoot musk and how I'm like, you know, he's a, a woodland creature, monkey man, probably doesn't smell good. Well, this one plays that up a lot. There's a lot of um, description about how badly uh, Bigfoot smells. And my thing is... You know, every book we've read together, everybody's having fun. You know, the women, the men, the big feet, the dinosaurs, they're all active, enthusiastic participants in everything that's going on. This was not the case in Bigfoot Depravity. And I guess, you know, it's not just a clever name. Um, you know, they've got a Bigfoot sex ring happening. So... I guess it's honest because <laughs> it is depraved and it's a very short read. Thankfully, <laughs> it was nowhere near as long as some of the other Bigfoot fiction we've read. This one was really short, but it was just really, really awful. And um, the Bigfoot gets enraged at the smell of all the yuppie cum and uh rampages a little bit they shoot him the bullets don't really effective and he you know rips the woman off the the table and takes her into the forest so but i mean there's just really graphic and gross descriptions about how much she 
is not into what's happening and um, the Bigfoot's really rough and all this, but it's just, I didn't like it. No. So, (laughs) I'm going to read something amazing for you next week because I need something fun and something neat that I can get excited about. I can't get excited about this one. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel bad. But next week will be better. You know, that's the thing about smut. You know, you're always climbing up. (laughs) Anyway, this has been Book Club at Orgy Castle. Until next time. Bye. So, Paul, I got to ask you a very serious question. We're obviously going to be taking a break here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're going to be going away for a little bit. Going forward, when we come back, do we put a rule on movies without subtitles, foreign movies without subtitles? Do we attempt to do this again? I don't see why not. Oh, my God. If you don't want to, we don't have to. This was confounding. This was a strange experience because I thought, you know, about 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, we'll figure this out. By the end of this movie, I couldn't hit the the Google Hangout button fast enough. I needed to sort this fucking shit out. Imagine what it would be like if your child went to school and you didn't speak the language and you had to go to a parent-teacher conference and sit there and talk to a person. Exactly the same thing. But without Exactly the same thing. Yeah, no, that's it's... It's a disorienting experience, and uh, I think we can learn from it. What are we, what are we learning from this? <laughs> As your final parting words before <laughs> you leave, <laughs> you oh. leave us all for, for a week. Oh. What, what are we learning from today's experience, b- Mistress b- Paul? B- before I leave for Colorado to go smoke legal recreational weed. Yes. Don't fuck with Bob Christ, baby. Satan is the name she goes by. There's a lot of devil in her eyes. Kiss a fire that burns you well. She breaks your heart and it hurts like oh, words can't tell.